You're listening to SBS News. The window for survival after last Monday's earthquake may be closing fast, but there are still moments of joy for rescuers. There is widespread devastation and grief for those who survived as they search for food, shelter and warmth, and those who perished must be buried. Authorities and volunteers have been working non-stop to prepare mass burial sites. Turkey's Disaster Management Agency says the earthquake victims who cannot be identified will be interred within five days, in line with Islamic funeral rites which require that burials take place as soon as possible. The bodies of unidentified victims are first tested for DNA, fingerprinted and photographed in case someone can find out who they are at a later date. This man, Yusuf, says volunteers have come from all over the country to help at this makeshift cemetery in the Turkish town of Elbistan. A body can't wait to be buried for a while. If a family doesn't appear, or sometimes the entire family died, and there is nobody to take the body, we become one's family. In Syria, there's rising anger, with residents increasingly concerned that the bulk of international resources and attention is focused on their neighbour. This man, Salim, lost his four-year-old son in the earthquake. Who is helping us? In Turkey, they are getting everything. They made a special air bridge to bring aid from all around the world. But no one is coming to help us. What did this child do wrong to stay four days underground before we found him? The destruction in Syria includes a rebel-held enclave centred on Idlib province, as well as heavily populated government-held cities like Aleppo, Hama and Latikia. Abu Mohammed al-Jalani, commander of the HTS rebel group, says the pre-existing US sanctions make it difficult for many Syrians to access international help. They're taking too much time and it costed lives of those trapped under the rubble. We've lost a lot of lives due to the weak response of the international community. They're the ones responsible. The people who died in the earthquake were not terrorists, they were innocent civilians. They were women and children. So to confuse humanitarian issues with politics is a big problem. Those sanctions have now been lifted in Syria for the next six months to allow aid to arrive. The UN, Red Cross and Syrian Arab Red Crescent have agreed on aid deliveries across the front lines, while the World Health Organization is also arriving with supplies. WHO Chief Tedros Ghebreyesus has come to Aleppo with 35 tonnes of medical equipment to help with the enormous task of treating the injured. Some of that aid is for emergency medical relief, but it's also about preparing for what's next. Because water supplies have been affected and other services have been affected, people are exposed to diarrheal diseases, people are exposed to other health problems, especially mental health problems. For now, rescue teams from around the world are focused on their grim task. But even that has become complicated, with German aid organisations suspending rescue operations this weekend, citing security problems and reports of clashes between groups of people and gunfire. 
The German International Search and Rescue Group and the Federal Agency for Technical Relief say they are immediately ready to help if there are any indications of survivors. ISAR Operations Manager Stephen Bayer says for now they will resume their work as soon as the Turkish Civil Protection Agency, AFAD, classifies the situation as safe. We are very well connected as an international team in the United Nations. There is also a joint security assessment going on there. Some teams are still working under protection at sites. Other teams have stopped work. While that work is ongoing, the death toll from the earthquake continues to climb and is now approaching 26,000. But the United Nations fears the final numbers could climb further. Martin Griffiths is the UN's Emergency Relief Coordinator and the Undersecretary-General for Humanitarian Affairs. It's deeply, deeply, deeply shocking. The idea that these mountains of rubble still hold people, some of them still alive, many of them dead. We haven't yet begun to really count the ultimate number who may have died. And I think it's really difficult to, to, to estimate, uh, obviously very precisely, because we, you need to get under the rubble. Um, but I, I'm sure it'll double or more. And that's, that's terrifying. Deborah Grok, SBS News.